I call it the devil. I mean, it has no boundaries. No. It doesn't care what color you are, what, what race. I mean, it doesn't care if you're male or female or, or rich or poor. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, once it, it comes for you, it's got you. And it calls your name. It calls your name. And, and, and there's and, no going back. Mm. Big one's fentanyl, you guys. Well, that's what's the deadly stuff. The mere end of an ink pen is enough to kill you. We're talking about just a chemical drug that is 50 times more potent than heroin. And what the drug traffickers are doing is putting it in all kinds of products. They're putting it with cocaine. They're putting it with marijuana. He was a dynamic, brilliant, talented, amusing person. He wasn't just the kid who snorted the, you know, heroin and died. This can happen to or with anyone. Fentanyl is an opioid, and what that means is it's a painkiller. In its pharmaceutical form, when it's produced by pharmaceutical companies and approved by the FDA, it's used for acute and chronic pain. Unfortunately, when we're talking about fentanyl from a overdose perspective, we're mostly talking about illicit fentanyl. And this is fentanyl that is produced by drug cartels and used for money-making purposes, not for healthcare. As little as two milligrams can lead to death. If it, two milligrams could kill someone, why would it be in these drugs? Like, why would a drug dealer who's trying to make money put it in drugs if it could kill their customer? So unfortunately, that is all about business, right? So they want fentanyl's cheap to produce, and if you can put in a tiny amount of something um, and produce a big high, then you can make a lot more money. So obviously, if the dealer has the strongest stuff on the streets, that's what these drug users are going to look for. We are in the deadliest moment of the deadliest drug epidemic in American history. Everybody, welcome to episode 338 of Lauren Jacob Do America Podcast. I'm your host in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. Archero. Art, say hello to you. And millions. What's up, Cornholios? Guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got cacao butter. 
They got everything your heart will desire from a caffeinated drink. They got the nitro cold brew. I think currently Jesus holds the record for 35 nitro cold brews in a row. He caught he caught a stripping last week. He was like, dude, you told me I only did 33. Uh, but so he intentionally rebroke his own record. Yeah. And his spleen. The fool had to have his fucking gallbladder removed last week. Shit. Yeah. Dude, I, you know, it's fucking insanity with that guy. He had to have like 32 bowls of menudo after that. <laughs> just to calm, just to slow his heart rate down. <laughs> <laughs> It'll cure what ails you. Yeah, it was like, all right, there's your upper. We need some downers right now. Menudo. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows every bowl of menudo you take slows your heart rate down 1%. So oh, like, okay. that's fun fact, dude. Menudo slows your heart down. So. Yeah, a little bit of lemon lime in there. If you're ever overdosing on cocaine, just hit it with some fucking menudo, menudo. bro. Just, yeah. just breathe. <laughs> Put it in a nasal <laughs> spray. <laughs> just fucking breathe, bro. Is that Narcan or is yeah. that fucking menudo? Yeah, yeah. Menudo. Double nasaling it. Exactly. Uh, so, guys, use promo code AMERICA at checkout to receive 15% off. Tell them Art and Jacob sent you. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of sponsors, guys, I need everyone to head on over to SucreApparel.com, where the great and powerful Nicole Smith Bosch has put together an illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. So, check out her store. Uh, Did we wish her, uh, her like, her soccer team or something? Or, or, uh, rugby team? Rugby team won. Last week, I last, think it was. Yeah, like last week, they won um, the Rugby World Championship or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. that we don't care. I just want Nicole to know that her team is on notice. I'm currently recruiting children all over the, the American ghettos. <laughs> We're going to come up with the best fucking rugby team uh-huh. ever. There so, you go. Like four, I, I don't know if it happens every four years. or It probably happens every year, but South Africa, your time is up. Coming for you, brothers. Come, coming, it's coming for you, South Africa. Yeah. Just want you guys to know yeah. when we do it, we do things big here in America, dude. Yeah. Like we're gonna have fucking Hulk Hogan come out and <laughs> give motivational speeches. Uh, let's go, brothers! Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna have our official trading center in Denver, where the air is a little bit thinner, so that way when they go down to South Africa, they, they yeah. their cardio is undefeated and shit. Yeah. yeah, dude, we're gonna we're gonna figure out what's going on there. Yeah, I think I posted on our thing like we're gonna figure out like what the fucking rules are to this thing. <laughs> It looks like gibberish to me. It just looks like <laughs> randomness, like people running up and down. But we're going to figure out what's happening there. And once you figure that out, learn the rules, we're going to beat the shit out of South Africa, dude. There you go. South Africa 2023, done. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a one-hit wonder. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, speaking of uh, Sucre Apparel in South Africa, check out all the merchandise that she has up on her store that she has designed with her own two rugby World Cup love and hands. So check it out. Uh, fill up your cart with everything that you want, love, and desire. And perhaps maybe fill your cart up with something for somebody that you want, love, or desire. Because Christmas is around the corner. The stores have officially... Halloween is over. The stores officially have filled their back walls with Christmas merchandise. Uh, so instead of buying some bullshit you know, from Target or Big Lots or the 99 cent store or whatever, head on over to Sucre Apparel. Buy something quality made by independent strong women from South Africa. Uh, but before you hit checkout, guys, I need everyone to enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But Art, we're not here to talk about Snorting Menudo or the Rugby World Series. I, I'm looking up rugby, South Africa rugby merch right now. Uh-huh. 
It's actually pretty sick. All right, all right, Nicole, you got me on board. <laughs> you guys have pretty cool uniforms. Wait until that red, white, and blue merch comes out. Yeah, boy. They, these are some pretty sick. They, I don't know. Maybe it's a little Green Bay Packerish now that I think about it. But <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. That's kind of whack. It looks like a bowling shirt. Okay. Uh, see, this is this is what we can't figure out. This ball. Okay. Right? It looks like a football, but not. It's more like egg shaped. Yeah. Uh, that's their logo there. It's, uh-huh. it's pretty cool. All right, you guys are pretty cool. We'll give you guys this round, you know, but what do you guys know about heat culture? <laughs> we're coming up, dude. All right, let's do this. Listen to the Patreon to get that joke. But Art, we're not here to talk about heat culture or the Rugby World Series. Uh, Art, what yeah. are we here to talk about today? So this is a topic I've been, been pretty interested in, and I was like, you know what? I can't believe we have not talked about this we've kind of like danced around the topic for a while on the Patreon. something that i don't know if this is affecting south africa but it's definitely affecting the united states of america 100 percent. like you cannot go to downtown bakersfield california you can't go to the local um burger king without seeing like people that are just like in like these little encampments Uh and you can't help but to not think is this a, a result of the opioid epidemic that's happening in the United States. Yeah. And that's really what we want to talk about. You know, some people call it the o- opioid crisis. I think it's an epidemic. I mean, it's 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 probably one of the biggest things that's facing the United States, and it's kind of hilarious how little you hear about it. <laughs> Correct, it yeah. It kind of always gets pushed to the side and, like, you know, pretty much every topic known to me. You'll hear more about drag queen performers reading to children <laughs> then you hear about the opioid epidemic correct and that's a fucking disgrace so that's like that's how what the media wants you to focus or how on. a gay guy got a bud light one time and now fucking country music stars are not supporting oh, yeah. anything Kid rock got his feelings hurt because like a transgender <laughs> person drank a bud light or oh something. they were transgender yeah i, I thought it was, that makes it even like yeah. dumber like like who gives yeah. a fuck like yeah it's like oh yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It's just like random shit, like things that like upset people while, you know, like thousands of people were like dying. Or I think we helped, broke the record in 2022 or something like that. Oh, really? Of, of how many people OD'd in, in the United States. And, like, That's despicable, man. And it's like, but you know what, dude? We got to figure out. These know, drag queens, damn these it. These goddamn drag queens, stop reading to our kids. <laughs> I don't want my kids to learn to read, you goddamn devil. <laughs> I'd rather them be illiterate and happy. The only uh, book they should know how to read is the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, and then even and not then, even the whole Bible because there's some weird communist shit. In yeah, there. yeah, just bits and pieces. Just that shit about where Jesus wrote a triceratops <laughs> <laughs> with a machine gun. It's like, Jesus, there's a there's a th- there's a part in there where they're talking about a burning bush. They're talking about George W. Bush. Just <laughs> want to talk about real Americans like George W. The burning bush. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I have no idea what's going on in that book. It's something like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but um, fly you fools. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it's super serious. I mean, it, yeah. We're gonna try to have some laughs and joke about this, and like, I don't want someone that like thought this was gonna be an NPR episode to be like, well, what the fuck? I'm trying to use this as research, but I mean, it's it's a super serious thing. I, I just like my first encounter with it. I think I was 
in high school when I first heard of like Oxycontin mm-hmm. and I was just like, what the fuck? It felt like a really far away drug to me. It felt Correct. like something that was like, oh, people in New York take that shit. Yeah. You know, like that's not a Bakersfield thing. Yeah. And in a way, I guess kind of it was like, you know, it was bigger cities were being affected. The Rust Belt cities were being affected more. Uh, a band that I was really a fan of, and I'm still I am, but like um, Glassjaw has a song called Oxycontin, and it has a lot to do with the like the lead singer of the band. Like I I think he had Crohn's disease, and so he got oh, like man. hooked on Oxycontin and all this shit, and like it was like it was like all of a sudden it felt like really real. I was like, man, what the fuck? Like man, that's a one off type of thing, you know? Correct. And then little by little, it started like trickling and trickling itself around, like. People you knew, people like, oh, did you know that this guy was like addicted to this? And like, yeah, you know, we have a huge like methadone clinic down the street and, <laughs> and like downtown Bakersfield. You know, it's just like, it, it's to the point now where like I have a buddy, um, uh, Omar, who is in our, in our, um, fantasy football league. And, um, uh, his, uh, his, uh, girlfriend is a, a teacher and, um, I guess, like, they had to do all this special training to, like, deal with, like, fentanyl and, like, what to do if a kid is overdosing because you can't really touch them because, like, you don't want to get fentanyl on you because if you get fentanyl, you might OD. Damn. And and, and in the research for this, like, I was looking up, like, how much fentanyl, like, even on the Wikipedia, like, it shows you a little picture of, like, a penny. Or a pencil or something like that. And it's like a little like bit of like fentanyl. It's like, this is how much it would take to OD. And it's yeah. like, fuck, dude. Like, Half a pinch. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. like, god damn, dude. Pretty terrifying stuff. All around, probably one of the more terrifying. Th- I know we did Halloween stuff last week. Mm-hmm. But this is probably one of the more like terrifying things that we've covered in, yeah, in a while. Yeah, welcome to Thanksgiving, motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin pie and fentanyl, <laughs> bitches. Uh, but no, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. You're absolutely right. Um, when you talk about like the opioid crisis, um, it really, I, when I was doing my research, they describe it in three waves. Yeah. Uh, the first ri- wave usually happens, they say, like in the late 90s. Uh, that's where you get drugs like Oxycontin. Um, and that was kind of a drug that was just used clinically to help treat pain and whatnot, right? And you got to understand, too, like in the late 90s, what was going on, there was a lot of over-prescribing of medication. Uh, and in a nutshell, and this is a whole topic for a whole other time, uh, kind of like the pharmaceutical industry, so big pharma, corporate co- pharma or whatever, kind of telling doctors what to do or kind of going into uh, medical facilities and pretty much being corporate, you know, drug dealers yeah, and pushing their products onto these doctors saying, hey, we'll give you uh, this trip to Sandals, Jamaica. You can hang out with Michael Scott and Jan. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, prescribe, you know, X amount of uh, oxys to your patients or whatever, right? So you had this problem where like doctors were like over prescribing uh, their patients uh, all this pain medication and you would have <laughs> people come in with, you know, like, I got a broken finger or whatever. Oh, here's some oxy. I got, you know, a, a bloody nose, oxy, you know? And this is one of the things that, you know, I have, I've, talked about on this podcast many times where like i do think that you know um creating a universal healthcare system would be very beneficial for multiple reasons one we'd probably have a healthier country in general because i think a lot of people are just like i can't afford to go to the doctor you know i you know going to the doctor would you know you go broke if you went to the doctor type of thing yeah and like 
I think that's one thing. And another thing is like the fact that we have those things where like doctors have incentive to prescribe certain medications, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, I think that you've seen the rise of like antidepressants and like anxiety medication and all this stuff and like things that are like, and I'm not saying that like no one should ever take those. Like if you're on them and they're helping you, like by all means, it's a good idea. Keep doing that. But I do think that there's so many other steps that you could do, like, you know, blood pressure medication, like, you know, they get to those, they get to like the medication before they get to like, hey, maybe let's try doing like exercise and eating right for the next year and see if that takes care of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we, we, same thing with like mental health things and all that stuff. Like, it seems like the medication part gets pushed really quick. And that might just be my personal thing, my personal view on it. And I agree with you too, because also what I think what it would do, and I know this is like a big red flag for people who want small government, uh, but if you had, you know, a universal healthcare system and they were able to be regulated, that healthcare system where it'd be like, hey, you can't over fucking prescribe medication because that's, it's going to do, what is doing pretty much what we're going to be talking about. You're going to create a a fucking drug sick culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be beneficial as well. And I know that's a big thing, like with the banking industry and all this stuff or whatever politics gets involved. But at a certain point, like maybe you do need, you know, more government oversight for this to fucking, you know, (laughs) strangle this shit out. Even the idea of, you know, you see so many commercials, like ask your doctor about taking like Zyrtec or some shit, you know, Mm -hmm. like, in most countries, advertising to people to ask your doctor to get on medication is illegal in most countries. Yeah. Like, but the United States is like one of the few exceptions where it's like, because I've got to ask my doctor if I can get on whatever, you know? Because we, we, like we've <laughs> said it a million times on this podcast, the the people don't really run this country. Corporate America Absolutely. runs this country because they're the ones that are sponsoring bills. Like I talked to you, I think it was on the Patreon a few years back, um, but there's this thing called ALEC where it's all these corporations, they come together and they write public policy that benefits corporations and it's big corporations like your Chevrons, your McDonald's or whatever, right? Who are out for their bottom dollar, not out for your best benefit, right? And they write the policy, they slide it to your congressmen and senators or whatever and they say, hey, pass this legislation and you will donate X amount of dollars to your re-election campaign or whatever. That should be fucking illegal, but it's not. It's totally acceptable. Acceptable. Then you have, um, I forget the fucking term for it, but people that go, um, that are hired by corporations to advocate on behalf of those corporations. Mm. So instead lobbyists? of- Lobbyists? Yeah, lobbyists, right. Mm. Yeah, which should be illegal as well. Yeah. And the pharmaceutical industry has <laughs> some of the biggest fucking lobbyists and are a big uh, contributors towards, you know, ALEC you know, uh, the people that make policies and whatnot, right? So they have a stranglehold pretty much over our laws, which to me should be illegal. It's it's all absolutely terrifying. Actually, not even in preparation for this episode, there, there's a YouTuber called Company Man. I highly recommend Company Man. Mm-hmm. If you ever have like 10 minutes and you want to see the, the rise and fall of Kmart, he has a bunch of those episodes, oh, nice. right? Really, really good YouTuber. But uh, he did one yesterday that was uh, the rise and fall of of Rite Aid. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. And I guess like Rite Aid just like filed for bankruptcy and all oh, stuff. Shit. They're going to be shutting down some, some of their branches. I don't think they're going to shut down completely. You'll still see them around. But let's just say things are not looking great for Rite Aid. But um, 
one of the things that he cited as like the reasons why they're they're not doing well is because when all of these like like full on states started suing Rite Aid because a lot of their um uh pharmacists were refilling prescriptions without having like the and like I guess like the doctor would have to get involved in it, but they were just doing it as like very willy nilly, like knowing that these people were no longer needing these prescriptions. Uh-huh. But they were just refilling them to like keep people on this stuff, mm-hmm. and like that's where the big lawsuit comes from. And I guess like you know Rite Aid, Walgreens, and CVS, CBS, the big three, they were all guilty of him. But like Rite Aid was the smallest of all of the three, mm. so they were they got hurt the most. And I don't think they're going to survive like that big lawsuit because they were sued by like seven states, and like they were big lawsuits. So like. Again, not something you hear that much about. I didn't even know about that lawsuit. Wow. But, like, apparently that's, like, crippling them where they're, like, barely holding on. They filed for bankruptcy, but we'll see if they survive down the line, you know? Damn, that speaks to home because, as some of our long-term listeners know, about a year and a half ago my uncle died, and he had, like, pretty much everything that we're going to talk about. He had very bad addiction problems, addicted to heroin, all sorts of stuff. Uh-huh. All, everything that we're about to talk about, he's a victim of that as well, where, like, he... Like in the mid nineties had something happen to him and, you know, he was prescribed, you know, opioids or whatnot. Right. And then, you know, he got addicted to them. Right. And he got off the medication, but he still had all of his problems. And then, so he starts seeking other, you know, (laughs) other opioids, which was heroin. Right. Which is kind of like the second wave, which you see like in the 2010s is, you know, Oxycontin, you know, starts to come out of uh, favor or, you know, a bunch of lawsuits start to happen and whatnot. And then people start seeking their drugs out on the street, which is heroin. Like, again, mm-hmm. to reference, like, the Kurt Cobain uh, episode that we did, like, he was in severe stomach pain and whatnot, too. Mm-hmm. So he was curing it or trying with to put heroin. It, with, try to treat it. Yeah, with heroin and whatnot, right? Yeah. And then, um, in, you know, you see a big spike in heroin again, right? Like, where it's just like, oh, that drug's making it its way back? Like, I thought that shit died, like, in the 50s and made a comeback in the early 90s and died again, like, when Kurt Cobain killed himself or whatever, yeah. right? Uh, but it saw a really high uh, resurgence. But the problem with, like, heroin is there's a lot of overhead for that industry, right? You have to secure uh, poppy fields because that's how you get it, through the poppy seeds and whatnot. And for a while, they were getting it through Afghanistan, right? And, um, you know, because obviously you can't grow that big of a field here like in Delano or something like that without the DEA coming and swooping it up, right? Or Dunkin' Donuts using it for like their bagels or some (laughs) shit. But, um, yeah, no, like there's a lot of overhead. You got to pack it up in like these large bricks and it's just very expensive. Then you got to smuggle it in and whatnot. Uh, So what ended up happening in 2013 is you got the rise of a drug called fentanyl. And the thing about fentanyl, like you said, is is it takes very little uh, to do the job of what heroin or you know something like a, 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 a morphine would do or whatever, right? And it says something like it can be fifty to a hundred times more potent and powerful than heroin or morphine. So you got to think you have all these people on the streets craving, you know, their prescription drug medication. They can't get it, so they turn to heroin. Heroin starts to become hard and hard, harder and harder to find. Oh, oh, by the way, here's this cheaper drug that we can make and we can get smaller doses of it. So you can get a hit of it, kind of like the crack epidemic, mm-hmm. get a $10 hit of it and it'll fucking do just the same amount of job or whatnot. You know, it's funny, like the crack epidemic, like I remember 
you remember when like I, I I didn't live through this, but I remember hearing a lot of things about how like New York City was all run down during the crack epidemic, and there were like porn theaters everywhere, and like homeless people and like crackheads running around everywhere. I honestly feel like that's where we are right now with fentanyl in the Correct. United States. Like, like downtown. I've, I've mentioned downtown Bakersfield a lot because I do think that it's so sad to see like you know just homeless encampments everywhere and like homeless people even right here like coming down columbus avenue a street that like i walked down that street many times when i was going to high school i used to walk down that street like almost every day and like now it's like dude there's like homeless encampments there and all this mm-hmm. stuff I'm like dude that's not to be like back in my day but like literally back in my day like that was not a thing like mm-hmm. if you saw like one fucking like shady motherfucker it was like a one-off thing you know yeah now it feels like dude it's everywhere and it has to be tied to this like Oh, it definitely Fent- is tied fentanyl to it. Fentanyl is the big monster compared to morphine or anything like that. Anything that was, you know, heroin, like you, you mentioned, that this is way stronger than any of those. And the doses are so small that it takes very little to, to give you that high, to mm-hmm. give you that, you euphoria. know, euphoria of it. One thing I also didn't know about this is like your pain receptors change like your 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 brain your pain receptors change once you start taking it at a much faster rate than like oxycon and all the drugs that preceded it now it's like once you, once the high comes down not only do you require a slightly higher dose but you your pain receptors are much more sensitive now so you feel a lot more pain mm-hmm. like you are in pain now it's kind of like if you notice, like my I'm a little bit nasally or whatever because because the seasons are changing or whatever, right? Yeah. And there's like a a mist you can spray in your nose, and it alleviates all that. But the problem with that is is you'll get that relief, you know, like when you're trying to go to sleep and whatnot, right? You're not trying yeah. to you know choke on your own choke snot because that's the worst feeling ever, dude. Yeah, and so you use it, you get your sleep or whatever. But as soon as it wears off, that stuffiness is like ten times fold. And it's the same thing with like drugs like fentanyl, where it's like you feel this <laughs> constant pain. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And the fucked up thing about it is, is I watched like five or six documentaries and they talked to like all these like junkies. And I hate to call them that, but like that's what they are. But they keep talking about how like they hate fentanyl. Like they hate it more than anything in this world, but they'll do anything for it. They'll steal from their own mom. You know, they'll kill for it or whatever. It's because they get dope sick, right? And I hadn't heard that term since like, <laughs> again, like the crack yeah, epidemic. I, had, I didn't know that either about the withdrawals part of it. Mm-hmm. Somebody described it as like, imagine, I, I it was in that documentary I sent you, the uh, painkiller documentary where they talk about like imagine having the worst fever you've ever had now multiply that times 10 mm-hmm. and apparently like it's like you literally feel like you're dying like mm-hmm. and i i got to admit i hate having like colds and fevers and things like that like that sounds really shitty like yeah. i i mean you literally have to like like i and i think that that's the the other danger that i think that if you do like the cold turkey quit like it also could put you at risk of like dying correct <laughs> so like I don't know, dude. Like it, it's it's, you know, rehab facilities. That whole thing. I know that like people have like like the methadone clinic thing where you can kind of get a small dose to like kind of get you through, like, mm-hmm. and eventually wean yourself off, kind of thing. Yeah, and and they've said that that's actually the 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 best way to like to like 
to cure yourself is just basically take the methadone and like until it, you you're no longer needed basically. Correct. And but <clears throat> that even that thought is like super controversial where it's like, "Whoa, we're fucking helping out these addicts by giving them more drugs." And it's like, "Dude, yeah. you're fucking saving lives by doing that." Yeah. And I watched an, a Vice documentary where they went to um, you know, Vancouver or British Columbia. I don't know if it was in Vancouver. Uh, but there was this like is that what they stop when they meet that guy mm-hmm. and they they go into uh, one of those facilities and whatnot and there was like this Native American guy who was robbing banks for like his fentanyl hit and whatnot right yeah. and then like he had an opportunity you know due to this program you know to you know go into this clinic and get his and it showed him like shooting it shooting it up and with fentanyl you can take it in many different ways but he was shooting it up. And he said, you know, at least we know he's getting clean needles. We can control his dosages. And he said, man, when I first came in, like, I was doing, like, the most you can do without dying. And then, you know, slowly they started pulling me down. He goes, now I only come in, like, once or twice a month, like, when I start to get a niche. And he goes, hopefully my goal is, is by the end of this, is to, you know, be fully off of this, like, within a year. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. And then, like, the narrator kind of said, like, what you were saying. He goes, it's very controversial because a lot of people don't like their tax dollars being used for this. And then you know how Vice does. They throw all like these like, you know, the statistics up against yeah. like the screen that hits <laughs> you at a million miles an hour. And it, he goes, but in reality, you're actually saving more in taxes because you're not, you know, spending money on, you know, policing these people, putting them in prisons, feeding them, you know, like when they're in prison, housing them, doing all this thing, clean up, you know, for, you know, the fucking, you know, breaking up the homeless encampments and the shit on the street and everything mm-hmm. else like that. So it goes, in theory, you're actually saving tax dollars. But people, you know, and, and I can see why they don't like that explicitly being thrown in their face that, hey, the money that you work so hard for <laughs> is being used uh, to <laughs> inject a junkie with more junk kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think this is like where education, you know, it needs to come into play where you get that other half of it where it's just like, well, would you rather this problem keep on going and you spend more in taxes or just try to cure this problem. And this is in Canada who have like a more liberal leaning stance on this anyways. Mm -hmm. In America, we don't really have that. We might have some stuff like that, like in Seattle and stuff like that. And I believe like uh, Los Angeles has stuff like that, but that's, there's not a lot of shit like that here. Like in Bakersfield, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of shit like that. Like in Nebraska or Iowa where this shit is popping off like, just as bad if not worse Mm -hmm. so like it's it's it it, this is why you're having the the this big problem and you're you're absolutely right what you said at the beginning of this episode like it's the monster that doesn't get talked about i know like it's not it sorry i don't mean to cut you off but the big spike in 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 opioids and fentanyl and really we can start just calling it fentanyl because it became like the big one that yeah. like because it was so much cheaper than 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 heroin or yeah. any of these other things because um you know it, it costs less to make you can smuggle in a smaller amount and make more money off of it uh-huh. <laughs> you know because of it so like the overhead the business aspect of it became better and then oh yeah drug dealers started putting this in other drugs like cocaine. marijuana and cocaine where you're you're not expecting it to be, but they're cutting it with these agents because it's cheaper. It makes the product cheaper, so that way they can you know sell more and get more yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's creating I, more addicts. I, yeah, I, I dude, I used to joke like back when I was younger and like used to just get high with people. I I always be like, dude, I just put some black tar heroin in that. Yeah, and like now it's like no joke. 
Because it's like, even like heroin would be like, it pales in comparison to like fentanyl. Like there'd be no joking there Correct. type of thing. And by the way, I did not put black tar heroin in my <laughs> thing. I just want to make that clear. That was a joke, but I would just joke with my friends at the time. But anyways, um, the, the big thing that happened was COVID hit in 2020. And mm-hmm. it really created a lot of uncertainty and people that were just barely hanging on the, the finding that, that next high, or whatever, you know, it, it, became such an easy out for a lot of people. And I do think that if you look at the the Ben diagram of like 2020 hit, fentanyl blows up, the homelessness blows up. Like Correct. it really, it doesn't take that much to be like, I'm barely hanging on, I'm barely paying my bills, COVID hit, Boom. got laid off, fuck, what am I going to do? Gets hooked on, on fentanyl type of thing. You know, all of a sudden you're living off like a fucking trash can, you know? And like, just looking for the next hit it's a pretty scary thing and i I mentioned there was the year 2021 where it was like it was a record high like number of overdoses i think it 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 was six times the number of overdoses overdoses that happened in 2021 they did in 1999 so you look at it like a 20 year gap and it's like we've like six times as much you know of overdoses are happening you know than than they were 20 years ago. So, like, these numbers are definitely going up. Mm-hmm. It's not getting better. The war on drugs. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy Reagan. Sorry, dude. Wars, the war has been won, and it was won by drugs. Yeah, overwhelmingly. Yeah. And it's important to note, too, like like I was saying, a lot of these, yeah, it that explains a portion of the population that's hooked to fentanyl and all these opiates or whatnot uh, because of, you know, the overprescription of it. But it's also important to note, too, like I said, that fentanyl is finding its way in other drugs, which is creating a scary situation, too, where you're having people die of overdoses accidentally uh-huh. because they're going out for something else. Right. You you know, you're getting stories where, like, my kid just bought a bag of weed and it was laced with fentanyl dead. My kid or my son, you know, he was partying at spring break and whatnot. Uh, he went to snort cocaine. It was laced with fentanyl dead. And like that's the thing too, where it's it's one thing like if you're going out and seeking it, and you know you're 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 addicted to it because you know you followed the the path through oxy through heroin till this, but it's another thing too. It's just like I was a high school student, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I experimented with you know something as innocent as weed, and like I know for a fact there's been times where like our weed has been laced with other stuff, and it's just like whoa, like that that's what. But see that to me that's the. That's one of the issues. It's like, I I mean, I think marijuana, I mean, marijuana, alcohol, and mushrooms, I view them all as like the big three of gateway drugs, right? And I, and I'm not gonna, and I, they're, all three of them I think are very like with, like I, I, I drink, I still drink. I have alcohol, I have beers at, in my refrigerator right now. Yeah. Marijuana, like, you know, I'm not a big pothead, but I partake anytime like, I get a chance. I still enjoy it. I think it helps me a lot with my anxiety. So, like, it is something that, like, you know, let me see what's, you know, popping online and I'll buy it from a reputable site online. And that's where marijuana is now. You can just buy it online. It's, like, yeah. legal in the state of California. Shout out Gavin Newsom. Yeah. And mushrooms is the other one where, like, mushrooms are, like, you could buy them online now. It's, like, totally illegal. But at the same time, it's, like, you know, you have to be over 21. You have to be all these things. And, like. Is it I, regulated? I, it's it's relatively regulated, yeah. 
but I, I, mushrooms not as much. I think mushrooms is just like a California thing, and I think it has a lot to do with San Francisco, like, mm. like decriminalizing mushrooms and all this stuff. Like, uh, but, but like marijuana is like, like. You, there's CBD shops in every corner. I know that's a different version of marijuana, but at, at the same time, I do think that, like, if we got to the point where, like, marijuana and mushrooms were, like, regulated and we, like, you know, like, a medical facility where you could just buy it and, like, it was, like, buying alcohol. You know alcohol. what you're getting, yeah. yeah. like, you knew what you were getting. They wouldn't have to go to, like, some fucking, like, drug dealer dude, <laughs> like, shady-ass, like, uncle who like did jail time you know stuck these drugs up his butt to get him you know type <laughs> yeah. of thing you know it's just like and that's that's the shady part like that worked when we were kids because like nobody was doing that nobody was lacing fentanyl like on this shit maybe somebody was putting like fucking like i don't know some There's fucking angel dust in your shit homes like yeah. to reference friday yeah yeah like i'm sure somebody was like you know that black tar heroin thing whatever like i'm or sure cavi s- like that's like cocaine laced uh, marijuana and shit like that but you're not going to die from that you Yeah. Know? it's going to be a fucked up friday but you know it th- but that's like the scary thing like you can go into it thinking like you know they use an example of you know somebody you know in in a new york club or whatever right there was actually an incident i believe uh a few comedians uh in los angeles you know they went to go snort cocaine and they almost died because their shit was laced with fentanyl as well i think it was kate quigley i want to say forgive me i'm just shooting from the hip on this but Uh like that was a big problem we were like hey like don't be doing hair don't be doing no cocaine because you don't know what the fuck's in that kind of thing And like in general, like you know, they they've been cutting that shit with rat shit and or rat poison and shit. And I like, mean, that's that. So I, you know, obviously, I cocaine not the craziest drug out there, but I left it off the the drugs that I. If I had a kid and they were doing mushrooms or smoking marijuana, I'd be like, all right, dude, but just you fucking stay home. Like I don't care if you do that shit, as long as you stay above a B. Like <laughs> you know, you know, C's get degrees, but like B's, you know. You know, you don't get kicked out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I would be okay with that. I think that um, it's safer. Like, you have to regulate it. Like, at some point, it's like giving condoms to teenagers. Like, you yeah. know they're going to have sex. Like, you might as well make sure that they're having safe sex. Mm. And, like, that's where I, I, I stand on it, where it's, like, as far as the teenagers. And one of the things in the Wikipedia and most of the articles, they talk about ado- adolescence. Like, adolescents are the big thing. Adolescents, like... Um, they're going through all these things where like, and I was reading on it and I was like, it would talk about the, the, uh, hold on, uh, before the teenagers, they go through, they're going through all these rapid growths, like their hormones and all this stuff, developing pathways to their brains and all this thing. They have that response to like, um, um, where they're basically like the, the reward system to their, their like nervous system is basically like very reward driven. And, like, that's why teenage kids get, you know, teenagers, when they're in that point in their development, they're very likely to get addicted to these drugs because their reward system is, like, very much like, you know, I got to smoke weed, I got to masturbate, whatever, (laughs) you know, like, everything that's, like, quick rewards or whatever is, like, is big for them. And it's they're such likely candidates to get addicted to this thing. And, like, we've seen it here. We've had high schools that are, like, shut down because, like, oh yeah, s- some kid overdosed on fentanyl. Some, like, you know, it's just so likely. I remember kids were getting arrested for selling, like, fucking shitty weed at, <laughs> at, at high school. It's, like, this is, like, you know, a, a different planet. Game. Like, yeah. this is, like, you can die. Yeah. Like, for real. It's, like, 
fucking what's that dog from the dare program like <laughs> that dude would be fucking scared bro yeah, like, his that, tail between his legs and shit yeah it'd be like fuck his tail between his legs yeah <laughs> yeah like he wouldn't just be wearing a fucking tank top or whatever he'd be fucking wearing like body armor a, i think it was a lion actually yeah, yeah it was yeah. a lion what i call it a dog oh yeah, a, <laughs> i was thinking of mcgruff but like yeah the, the lion who just wears a fucking like really dare tight shirt, shirt yeah you know, it's like no, medium yeah he'd be at least wearing pants dude yeah like, <laughs> And combat boots. <laughs> With a big old wet spot right yeah. there and whatnot, yeah. No, that is a scary thing, too, because, like, again, yeah, I think of myself, like, in high school, I know there's been situations where, like, it wasn't 100% weed or whatnot, right? Like, mm-hmm. my one of my best friends in high school, his brother was a drug dealer or whatever, and we got to partake in a lot of his stuff what and whatnot, right? And I know it wasn't 100% green, Dr. Mm-hmm. Green Thumb or whatever, right? But, um... I can only imagine fast forward like 20 years now, like, oh shit, that there's probably fentanyl in that. And then another problem too with fentanyl is like I said earlier, it's not just like in one form. Cocaine, yeah, you know that's in a powder. Weed, okay, yeah, it looks like fucking oregano or whatever, right? But fentanyl, you can inject it, you can smoke it, you can put it in a pill. And what drug dealers are doing now, uh, mostly the Mexican cartel, is they're making counterfeit forms of other pills. So like Vicodins and Percocets and other things and whatnot. And you get situations where, insert one of our favorite artists, Prince, he dies of an accidental fentanyl overdose because what? He had a bunch of hip surgeries because in the 80s he was wearing them fucking women high heels and shit and dancing on the fucking, mm. you know, pianos and doing James Brown moves in him and shit. So he had hip problems, had to have hip surgeries, gets addicted to opiates and fucking um, goes to the CVSs and the Walgreens or whatever. And they're like, hey, hey, Mr. Nelson, we can't give you any more of this fucking oxy or whatever they uh, prescribed him or whatnot. Yeah. So he goes and seeks because he's in pain. He's addicted. He not only is his hip hurting and shit. Uh, but he's also addicted. He's getting dope sick and whatnot. So he has to go outside of the Rite Aids and the Walgreens and whatnot and get his fix somewhere else. And he thinks he's buying like, you know, legit fucking uh, medication. But what he's getting is he's getting counterfeit medication and, and it's straight up fucking fentanyl and kills one of the greatest artists of all time. Yeah. And it's a story that just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. And I think it is important to note. Uh, when we're talking about fentanyl, that there's two forms of it. There's the pharmaceutical version, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like you were saying, you know, with you know, with the mushrooms and the weed and whatnot. It's very highly regulated. We know how much to put in it. It's not just pure concentrated fucking fentanyl. Like it's got a, enough of it to do its job, but it's clouded up with a bunch of other stuff to make you one not addicted and two, you know, not kill you. Because mm-hmm. for example, like when my my girlfriend, when she was having both of our kids, one of the medications that they gave her intravenously was pharmaceutical fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, like, when they were injecting her with it, they said, like, hey, we're going to give you a shot of fentanyl. I was like, oh, wait, hell no. Like, what are you doing? They're like, no, don't worry. It's not that street stuff. It's actually, you know, the pharmaceutical version or whatever thing that they said to me to, like, qualm me and whatnot, Dude, right? yeah. Same, same thing, like, when I, um, I don't know if, this is at the beginning of 2021, I want to say. Like, I had hurt this shoulder. Like, I could barely move it. Like, I was, it had, like, very limited mobility. And so um, I went to the doctor, and the doctor was, like, um, he said it was, like, forgot. He had some fun, fancy medical term. He's, like, that's what's going on with your shoulder. It'll be fine a little bit, but you just have to tolerate the pain in the meantime. 
and then they like stuck me in my butt with like a needle and then they were like i originally thought they were gonna inject me in my in my arm which like i was prepared to like you know like here uh-huh. you go here's a little shoulder for yeah. you ignore that back knee there yeah, yeah so it's like here we go and In- inject me and then uh he's like no no this is going in your butt because if we inject this in your shoulder it'll stop your heart and like i think it was i don't think it was um fentanyl i think it was like morphine was what they gave me because it did like i remember like right away i got like i felt the numb right away where i was like whoa i can barely feel my arm i can move again Mm -hmm. feels good and like then they gave me some medication and like i remember thinking like dang i feel really good on this medication like i only took it for like i was supposed to be on it for a week because it's they told me like you get one week of this and then you're done that's it yeah yeah then i was like i took it for i think three days and the last day I only took it in the morning because I supposed to take it three times a day and then I was like uh, I'm only taking it in the morning because like I'm good enough now but mm-hmm. I, it was pretty scary because I, I, I was like dude I feel really good on this like yeah, like I felt like my body just felt numb and all this stuff and like oh it, yeah and I remember thinking like there was a there was a time period where like I was hanging out with all these people and they were really into like muscle relaxers which I don't know just the whole thing or whatever and they would just take muscle relaxers and hang out, like, pretty much, like, horse tranquilizers and shit. Like, just hang out and, like, space out and do nothing. And, like, I re- it reminded me of that feeling of, like, dude, it was, like, just numb shit, dude. Like, pretty dangerous Bakersfield-style drugs. <laughs> but, yeah. like, yeah. Anyways, it, 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 yeah, it is different. It is a different thing. Like, the addictive quality, I guess, is in there. But, like, it still feels pretty dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. even those, like, felt kind of dangerous. Yeah, because it's important to note, like, those drugs, what they do is, is, like, your body has, you know, obviously nerves and whatever. And at the end of those nerves that go into your brain are, like, those pain receptors. And what these opioids do is they block those pain receptors, right? And essentially what happens is if you do it enough times, your body needs that. And that's when you go in through withdrawal when you don't have it. So you have, like, this cult... This culture of people um, needing that constant fix or whatever, like $10 a pop. You know, you, that's why you see those homeless or whatever out there always begging for money and whatnot, right? Because they need that ten, that quick fix. And the thing about fentanyl is it, it gives you that quick reward from being dope sick for a little bit, but it wears off like relatively quickly. Whereas like something like a heroin, like it would give you like that high pretty much like for the good part of a day. Whereas like a fentanyl, like it's like constant, it's it's like crack basically all over again, where it's just like this quick high and you're always chasing like that dragon over and over again. And you're pretty much a slave to it because you can't just simply just like put it down and like, that's it. Like, like put down the beer, Eloy, like that's your last Bud Light kind of thing. Yeah. It's not one of those things. It's one of those things like you don't understand. Like I have to do this or I'm going to get severely sick, like even more so than like (laughs) having COVID and whatnot. And like, one would ask like why would like the pharmaceutical industry why would they make something like this and it actually goes back to like 1959 where a dr paul jansen i guess you could say i guess he's like the michael jordan of like fucking pharmaceutical inventors (laughs) or whatever i think he like invented imodium and shit for like diarrhea imodium ad and um they pretty much invented this for like people who um you know, like end of life cancer patients and people going into surgery and uh, things like that. And it was seen like kind of like as a miracle drug, you know, like it, in regards to those uses and whatnot. I mentioned my girlfriend, she had to get it like while she was giving birth. Mm-hmm. Like it totally blocks out pain and it's only supposed to last a little bit of time. 
because I guess to pull back the curtain a little bit, like my girl this week, she had to have her gallbladder removed and um, she was put down under general anesthesia and she's, that was on a Thursday. Like it's Saturday morning. She was still feeling groggy from it. So fentanyl was kind of like looked at as like, oh, this is like this miracle, like pain reliever where you're not like incapacitated for like the good part of a weekend. Like you can go in for surgery, not feel the pain come out of it. Boom. Here's your prescription for something else. Mm. You're ready to go fucking, you know, clock in your nine to five, you know, next week and whatnot. And that's what it was supposed to be used for. And then as time goes on, this is why we have this epidemic due to the overprescribing of these types of medications. And like the big family that I want to talk about is the Sackler family mm. who uh, pr- uh, owns Purdue Pharma. And they're the ones that um, produce Oxycontin. And they're like the family that were like big on like sending out it, what, pretty much what it was was like propaganda for their street team to go out and go into these doctor's offices and <laughs> brainwash all these doctors into overprescribing this medication. So a lot of it has to do with that. Like in the 90s, them going out trying to push their product basically to <laughs> increase their bottom line. Damn. I, You know, as far as like the, the manufacturers of it, I didn't look that much into that stuff. Uh, probably should have though, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so crazy how, I think there's another movie that's, it's, uh, not a documentary, but it's actual, like, the story of, like, fentanyl, and they're going to, like, these doctors saying, yeah, dude, it's not addictive, just prescribe it, it's not addictive, like, go ahead and do it, 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 um, one other thing, you mentioned your girlfriend having pregnancy and, like, getting on that, I, one of the biggest things that, like, you know, besides adolescence, women are the second like big thing that that get addicted to them because women more than men have so many situations where they have chronic pains that mm-hmm. they that they deal with that they are like the big targets of people that get addicted to it because they a lot of times get prescribed those types of things and like pain reliever pain relievers and that is the strong pain reliever that that um that happens. Even pregnancy was one of the one of the main things that it was like why it was prescribed for that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a serious thing. It's I, I didn't know that at all. Like when I was when I was doing research for this, it wasn't until like I was like it says it on the Wikipedia, and then I looked more into it, and I was like, damn, I didn't didn't even think about that. Which, also, I which, didn't know that women had chronic pain more than men. That's which checks out because like when you look at it, like I mean here in locally Bakersfield, I can't comment on like Austin, Texas or whatever, but like mm-hmm. when you see like the homelessness, like you. Me, me and my girl, like, we've been driving around town, and, like, we'll say, like, man, like, that homeless girl, like, she's so young. And then, like, we catch ourselves saying, like, why is it, like, a lot of girls? Like, yeah, you see men out there, too, but they're, like, man, like, it's starting to look more disproportionately, like, female. And, like, they're young, too, as well. And I'm, like, how the hell is this happening? And then you do the research on this, and you're, like, oh, that explains it right there, what you just said. Yeah, no, that's a big, big number is, like, women more so than men. Men, it seems to be, you know, you look at the the Rust Belt in the United States where a lot of, like, blue-collar jobs were happening, a lot of, like, big injuries were happening. That's where a lot of the the prescriptions were being handed out. That's where we saw the big boom in fentanyl, Mm -hmm. you know, in that area. And you're seeing it trickle down in in our areas. Like, what do we have here? We have, like, oil field workers. We have, like, you know, ag field workers and, like, those are jobs where there's big injuries there too. And mm-hmm. like a lot of times you don't get to live a normal life after that. Like no. 
you know, not without pain. And like fentanyl and those types of drugs answer a quick relief for those those types of situations. So mm-hmm. one of the 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 craziest things as I was doing research for this on on the Wikipedia, <laughs> it talked about how um, how uh, like alternative options for opioids and um cannabis and cannabinoids were one of them and i was like that's so fucking sad like we have such an anti-marijuana agenda in this country yeah. i was like get the fuck out of here like you know what too and I, that like pops up a lot too like i remember and i, I doesn't make me sound super ignorant or whatever but i remember like there was like a documentary about like the chronic and whatnot right and snoop uh-huh. dogg was talking about it and there, the interviewer, let's just say it was Kurt Loder, said, hey, like, what are you most proud of, like, when you look back on the chronic? And he goes, man, I took my people from being crack addicts to being, you know, hooked on the chronic. And as a kid, I was like, yeah, that's some slick-ass shit to say. But, like, when you really look at it, yeah, like, when the chronic dropped, I'm not trying to say, like, when Dr. Dre released the chronic, you know, yeah. the you know, crack epidemic stopped. I mean, sure, there was other factors to, you know, you know, the inner city stopping, you know, not totally stopping, but, you know, waning and, you know, smoking weed more. Um, but that, that's absolutely true, you know, where it's just like, yeah, like, how do you curve the craving? You wean it down with something like THC or CBD and things like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I and, and I mean, speaking from experience, like, I don't think it's an addictive forming drug at all. Like, I I don't think, I think it's, I mean, I don't know. I guess there are a few people that are just like yeah. pull on potheads, but I do think it's a drug that's like, dude, if you quit tomorrow, like you're not gonna feel withdrawals. Like not more than like if you withdraws from like eating junk food, like <laughs> <laughs> like the, like you know, like I mean, we spent a whole hour talking about hamburgers. Yeah, on I, I think yeah. junk food is more addictive than than sugar than sugar marijuana. Yeah, like, sugar's yeah, more addictive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, sugar is way more addictive than marijuana is, and like. I mean, we demonize it like it's like one of those drugs and it's going to fucking destroy it. But it, it really is. Like, I'm surprised, like, it's not prescribed more for, mm-hmm. like, people dealing with, with chronic pains and that sort of thing. Like, it's it's a it's a real fucking issue. I guess now is the time that we should probably get into more discussion-based stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you have more on your notes. I mean, I guess it's important to note, too, uh, one thing that I wanted to throw out there, too, is that there's different terms and I probably, you know, sloppily like threw them around or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's opioids and opiates. Mm-hmm. Opiates are things that are found out in nature, which is things like, you know, your poppy seeds, which turns into heroin. You got morphine and codeine and whatnot, right? That's something God made or whatever, yeah. right? You know, that's when we talk about God oh, wanted us to get high. Yeah, yeah. Opiates or whatnot, right? Opioids is more a general term that encompass that encompasses that as well. Uh, but it's more or less to talk about fucking synthetic uh, mm. opioids, which is, you know, fentanyl and whatnot. And a big thing, too, and this is all topics for another time or whatever, right? The big thing, too, is, is like, how does it go from, like, th- this is what tripped me out. I had to look this up, is, like, how does it go from, like, something that, like, has to go, like, under lock and key, like, at Memorial Hospital, you know, you know, like with a fucking Brinks truck or whatnot, mm. you know, how does that like flood into the street or whatever, right? Is there like some heat situation where Val Kilmer and Robert De Niro have to fucking, you know, break that truck to sell their fentanyl? No. What happened was, is like, there's, I guess, a lot for fentanyl, what the difference between pharmaceutical and the legal form of fentanyl is, is like, 
it's not it's not the same because there's these precursor precursor chemicals that you can't get here in America, but you can get in China. And for years, like America and China had like this good working relationship where it's just like, hey, you're not going to sell that these precursor chemicals. And China was like, yeah, you're right. Like, we don't want to fuck up. You know, we don't want the Walking Dead situation here in China either. Right. Uh, But something happened where like America pissed off China and I'm just going to blame Trump on this one because it seems like around 2017, 2018, <laughs> like that's where shit started to go awry, where China was like, that's your fucking problem or whatever, right? Like, we're not going to help, you know, save your your fucking country and whatnot, right? But um, I guess there's a lot of precursor chemicals that you can buy from chemists in China. And that, you know, that's how you get it, you know, in like, you know, British Columbia and all over the world because it's a worldwide problem. But why it's so prevalent here in America the illegal form of it is, is because the cartel, the Mexican cartels, they buy those precursor chemicals. They're doing the whole breaking bad thing and cooking that fentanyl in Mexico. And it's so much easier to smuggle that across the border than it is cocaine or marijuana or heroin or whatnot. Right. Like you literally, you can put it in a pencil pouch, put little Johnny on a plane or whatever, and send him to fucking, you know, Bakersfield mm. and disp- you know, make millions of dollars out of that one pencil case and whatnot. So that, that's the biggest reason is, is the flood of it. Not to sound like a fucking super conservative over here. <laughs> <laughs> the Mexicans are running our fucking country. Yeah. Build the wall. Build the wall. No, they're just going to get on a Delta airline yeah. and come anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the big problem. It's flooding from the cartels. And why is because there's such a high demand. What the Sackler family did in the 90s is create all these dope, sick fiends. The fucking cartels are just feeding that demand. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a whole different, like, different monster in, in itself, right? Like, mm-hmm. the influence that cartels take in, in, in the United States. Like, we, we didn't really discuss it. Um, and it's hard to believe that that play such an influence here in like Bakersfield, California <laughs> or, you know, small town X, you know, uh, you view it as more of like a border town problem, you know, the San Diego's and like mm-hmm. El Paso's and that sort of thing where it's like, Oh yeah, no, they have a big influence in those towns type of thing. Cause they're neighboring cities, but because it's all a trickle down effect, man, it, you know, what I was talking to my brother-in-law about this and he was kind of talking about, you know, um, at some point, you know, if, if, if it's not, it's, it's only affecting them. You kind of just got to let them be. And I, I disagree with that for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One it's like, it, it touches so many hands, so many dirty hands before it gets to the person that it's affecting. Correct. That it's like, there is, it's not an innocent process. You know, it's not like, you know, like we're transporting like the milkman is dropping <laughs> off like milk at your front step type of thing. It, it it affects so many families and so many things. It destroys the on the path that it gets to the drug addict. Uh, that's one. And the other thing is, it even if you say like it's not affecting the anyone but the drug addict, we still have like a social contract where it's like the 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 fam- not only is it not just affected like the social contract like the society the the parents the the brother you know like whatever everyone that's involved with that person's life it's like destroyed and not only that but it's like 
the the community that it lives in it's like also being destroyed by like having that in its society in its like society you know it's like it's an eyesore <laughs> it's like it's you know i see it i see it in downtown bakersfield all the time where it's like you know it's it's hard to like want to walk around downtown because you see all these like people that are you know they're battling more than just alcoholism or whatever you know like it's clearly a fentanyl or heroin problem down there you know Mm -hmm. and i don't blame people that are just like i'd rather just go to a different place i don't want to go downtown bakersfield let's just go to rosedale and eat at chili's or something (laughs) you know like you know i don't blame people that 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 skip over the the downtown area you know it it's a problem but it but I, I, that's what I mean. Like there is like a social contract that we have and we can't just be like, well, it's not affecting me. It's affecting the drug addict over there. It's like mm-hmm. kind of is indirectly. It's still a part of the you're society that you're in. You're a hundred percent correct because it's like, <sighs> you look at like, we, we grew up in this, this neighborhood, you know, for 38 years of our lives. Right. Like, and we see it, you know, that chase bank, that's where you used to do banking at, whatever, yeah. right. They move locations and now it's this empty building, and it's full of. You it's know. all boarded. It literally looks like fucking some like Flint, Michigan shit, where it's mm-hmm. like it's all boarded up and like surrounded by like homeless people. Yeah, no, and the police don't do shit about it. Yeah, and it's a really nice. It used to be a really nice bank, and what goes on in there is you know uh, fires and all sorts of things which endanger. There's there's houses in in earshot of that place. Uh, there's children uh, constantly. You see children around there because there's a school around the corner, like literally, like a hundred feet away and whatnot. And it's just, it creates this this bad situation where like there's another store there. Uh, just the other day, like we were walking there to you know get some last minute Halloween things, and you're seeing all this drug paraphernalia like all over, scattered around. And it's just like, man, like th- like you said, it's not just affecting like the the fucking drug addict. It's affecting fucking the whole community as a whole. Yeah. You know, what if I wasn't, you know, watching my child and, you know, he pricks himself, you know, on that heroin needle. Then, he, you know, he gets hepatitis B, C, D, or A or whatever, right? Not, you know what? And it's just like, it, it's it's a lot more than that. So, it, it, you, you can't turn a blind eye. Just because it doesn't affect you now doesn't mean it's not going to affect you, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To me, it's it's been a personal struggle of like, you know, wanting to care and, like, wanting to be involved in, like, downtown and, like, on, you know, because downtown is, like, I think it's the most effective part of Bakersfield. Also, East Bakersfield, like, just seeing, like, Columbus Avenue and, like, seeing everything that's, like... Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon and all that stuff. And it's, like, that's an area that I... I grew up on this shit. Like, this is this is my turf. Like, yeah. I've, this is sad for me to see this happening. It's So, a part of me is, like, I really want to, like, do something and be involved in this. And another part of me is like, you know, Travis from a uh, taxi driver. Uh, he's all like disassociated and is like, he's just got to wait for the rain to wash Watch the trash to. away. Kind yeah. of thing. You know, like a part of me is, is that that's the other side. That's a part of me. That's just like, man, I just like, just they're going to die eventually. And just fucking, we'll wait till like, there's another snow in Bakersfield. Cause that'll fucking, put it to an end type of thing. And it's it's a very dark and negative thing of like, I don't want these people to die. I don't want them to suffer. That's not what I'm trying to say. But a part of me is just kind of like, man, I just 
wish they'd go away kind of thing. Like, I wish that didn't exist. I wish there was a quick, easy answer. You know, I wish I could just post something on Instagram saying (laughs) free Palestine. You know, like post an all black picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's doesn't, life doesn't work that way. You know, it's like, it's very tough and it's very, it's a lot of moving parts. And I think, I think what you really got to look at too, is like how much power we give like big pharma and all these corporate industries. Right to you know affect policy uh every source that i looked at or whatever like what are the solutions or whatever right it's gonna have to come down to like it starts at the top you know the government they can say all the big words that they want but at the end of the day like it's such a problem that it's not gonna one piece of legislation isn't gonna fix it however like you do need to take steps in saying like hey we're not gonna allow fucking purdue pharma (laughs) to great policies that are going to create fucking future epidemics, right? We need that to stop. We need to stop lobbyists. We need to stop, you know, things that only affect big corporations' bottom dollar as opposed to our public health. Speaking of public health, we need to make sure that the things that are being prescribed, you know, there's it's being closely monitored, right? For example, again, to use, you know, me, for example, my family, you know, just just this morning, like I had to pick up a prescription, you know, for my girlfriend for you know her gallbladder, right? Mm-hmm. And it what one of the one of the prescriptions was oxycotton. I'm not the person, you know, <laughs> that's that's that needs this medication, but I can pick that up, you know. And all they required is like my ID or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But who's to say like I couldn't just like ripped open that bag, took that whole bottle of oxycotton, or sold it or whatever, right? And, like, you know, done my thing with it or whatever, right? Like, and I think that's a problem, too. Like, th- these things need to be more closely monitored. Um, yeah, they did at the same time prescribe what's called Narcan, um, which is, I asked them, I was like, what's this for? And I, like, I knew the name and I've done the research on it or whatever, right? And I was acting brand new. And they're like, oh, in case she overdoses on her prescription. I guess they, they just associate that with, you know, the prescription as well, which is good. But it's like it, it, it to me, like it doesn't promote like, hey, like, like you said, like there's other options out there, right? Like yeah. I'd rather like walk down the street and smell like the scent of fucking weed, you know. And this person is like, hey, man, I'm just trying to, you know, wean myself off of this shit with this. And then like have someone like, oh, I got my Narcan uh, in yeah. one hand and my grab and my my bag of fentanyl on the other and whatnot, right? Yeah. Like, I'd rather see that, but, like, there's just so many moving parts. I mean, I don't have the answer, but it does start at, like, cutting the beast's head off, I do think, like, and disallowing Big Pharma to continue to influence us. Big Pharma is the ultimate monster, right? I mean, the cartels are a byproduct of Big Pharma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just kind of weird. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not without blame, but I'm just saying, like, Big Pharma is the big monster. And so... I mean, it's tough because, like, also things like the methadone clinic that do help people. Like, I I also think that we should work with law enforcement to, like, regulate that. Because I do think you know what kind of crowd of people you're going to get when you have those. Mm-hmm. And, like, you would think that, like, Bakersfield has no idea because it's, like, like there's a lot of crime. Like, if you ever drive by, like, the get bus station in downtown Bakersfield, like, you mm-hmm. see, like, this, like, flock of like people that are just like loitering there yeah like doing the most shady shit there and like it's not cool like i you know if you're like a single mom or whatever and you need to get on the bus with a kid it's like Mm -hmm. it doesn't look safe it doesn't feel safe like that shit like looks like 
your kid's gonna get poked with a hypodermic needle or some Correct, shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I do think that like the police needs to instead of having like fucking speed, like those cops are just hanging out there like waiting for you to speed by. Like maybe you guys should like police the fucking bus stations and like the methadone clinic and make sure that like people aren't acting up and shit. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, and I get it. Speeding is a real thing. People die in that shit. Car accidents are real, but like, yeah. so is that shit. Like, yeah, let's yeah. prioritize it for yeah, a little yeah. bit. Until we get it <laughs> Just control. saying, that's my personal thing. I mean, in, in in the kind of the thing too that everyone kind of like lands on is just like it's just. This this epidemic's just gonna have to run its course. How yeah. long that's gonna happen, we don't know. I mean, back in the day, heroin, like jazz musicians, they romanticized it, you know, for years and whatnot, and then that fell out of vogue. And then you know, all those, you know, like acid and all that stuff that came into pre- prevalence in the '60s. Then in the '70s, it was more, you know, weed made a comeback or whatever, right? And then in the '80s, you had like the speeds and the her- uh, cocaine and whatnot. In the 90s, heroin made his way back or whatever, right? That heroin chic, you know, um, Kate Moss look and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And then Snoop and Dre come out with the chronic, then weed comes back, and then all of a sudden now it's pills again, right? And um, I think that's what it's probably just going to have to be. It's just like it's just going to have to run its course. I, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, some musician has to come out with, like, a better, uh, yeah. <laughs> make make weed in vogue again or whatever, right? Or some other drug in vogue. Like, I hate to say it that way, but it just seems like that's what it's going to take is, like, it's going to have to fall out of favor. Like, because yeah. I remember being a kid thinking, like, oh, man, those old fogies that used to fucking do fucking acid back in the 60s, man, that's so gay. Like, yeah. you know, like, I grew, I'm glad I grew up in the generation that only <laughs> smoke weed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I think that's what it's going to have to take because also, too, you got to understand, like, when I looked up, like, artists that have died because of this, like, I mean, just recently, one of the actors from Euphoria, which kind of deals with, like, this topic, mm-hmm. uh, Angus McLeod, I think his name is, he died of an accidental fentanyl overdose. All these like, um, you know, mumble rappers too dying or whatnot. You know, aside from like being murdered, but like the ones that have been overdosing also too because of you know things like fentanyl and shit. Yeah. So little peep. Yeah, it's I'm gonna. Just it's, I don't know. It's gonna take. Yeah, but no, you're right. He might have. He might have died of something else. I have no idea. But um, it's gonna take that. Like where you see like your heroes these kids as heroes dying from this, seeing the real life consequences of this to like get off of it or not make it as fashionable as it is. I do think that's another problem that it is kind of fashionable, like Molly Perkins shit. I mean, I know it's an old song, but it's still like, there is like that whole like swag kick culture right now. Like kids with like the poofy heads or whatever, like that are into like that style of drug now. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's pretty scary that it's like just because like you know they're like the fucking like you know kids that live in the suburbs and like you know (laughs) not tough kids at all but then you know so were the kids that when i was in high school were smoking weed like they weren't like like the broke kids weren't like smoking that much weed it was all like the middle class kids that had money to buy weed you know and that's what people always like we have this discussion about our kids. Like, aren't you scared, like, to send your kids to public school and whatnot? Like, other, like, families in the neighborhood. And I'm like, you know what? To be honest with you, I think I'd be more scared if we lived, like, in a nicer area. And it's just for that fact. Where it's just, like, when we were growing up, like, in, you know, elementary and junior high and things like that. Like, I remember, like, like getting, like, this much weed from somebody because it was, like, someone stole it from their brother and, like, gave us a little bit or whatever, right? Yeah. 
but then like you hear stories about the rich kids in Garces or whatever, like fucking doing whole four lines of fucking like fucking coke or whatnot, right? Like, and yeah. that still happens, right? Like you, you when you hear about all the overdoses, they're not happening like at Chipman. That shit's happening in fucking like Stockdale High and shit, like where the kids yeah. have a little bit more money and shit. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, there's there's no right or wrong answer in this. It's all fucked. It's all like. Mm-hmm. Just random, like we just have to see it through, and like mm-hmm. you know, hope that society doesn't crumble because of it. And it does feel like it's you know, it you know, it, it does feel like 1970s New York City right now because it's like you know, gas prices are so high, the economy's kind of shaky. You got mm-hmm. like two wars going on in Ukraine and, and and Israel and all that, like. It seems like there's so much uncertainty. Like, you have all these people fucking walking around on fucking smack and shit. Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know, dude. I, I mentioned Travis from, from Taxi Driver, and I try to fight that urge to just be like, man, I can't wait for, like, rain to wash I can't out wait for all the rain. And, like, literally, you know, metaphorically speaking, yes, but also when it rains here in Bakersfield, like, it causes, like, the people to scatter kind of thing. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's sad. Like, I don't want to live in that style of mentality, but, but it's also like, man, I also don't want to like not enjoy going to downtown. Like I don't, I like going to the record store downtown. I like mm-hmm. going to like, you know, get some good food downtown and things like that. Like I even floated like the idea too, uh, on the Patreon last week, like with, um, other podcasts who, uh, did that whole movie night with at the Maya. Like, shit, there's no reason we can't do the same thing but yeah. at the Fox Theater downtown. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and like, I don't want to lose that either. I don't want to lose it either, man. I, I think it's a shame that, like, we're slowly but surely, like, losing it to, like, homeless, but also homeless because of fentanyl, because of, like, you know, this opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... It's a shame, like, dude. I, I, I haven't heard that many people talk about it. I haven't heard Joe Rogan talk. Joe Rogan did, like, 10 episodes on, like, COVID. <laughs> and, like, you know. And that's the thing, too. It's, like, one thing I was going to say, and we veered off in another direction. Like, you can't really escape it, you know. Um, I've heard so many people, like, they, they talked about how L.A., there's, like, this big homeless problem or whatever, right? not addressing why they're homeless or whatever, right? And they think that their sanctuary is going to be Texas, right? Mm-hmm. They move to Texas and the same problem is out there. Like, there's homeless everywhere or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to get any more different, right? L.A. and fucking Texas. But they're having the same problem. Gee, I wonder what it is. And then doing this research, that's like when the light hit. And it's like, oh, yeah. Because this is a fucking national fucking yeah. <laughs> problem, right? Like, it's yeah, not it's exclusive absolutely. to just liberal or conservative politics. It's, it, like, it doesn't give a fuck about how you vote. It just wants your fucking money and your fucking, you know, your consumption. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. That's, That's a pretty solid episode. Yeah, nice. The good, good, good suggestion, yeah. man. It almost got thrown away, huh? Yeah, it was almost like, let's just fucking talk about top 10 favorite fucking sumo wrestlers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or favorite burger spots or whatever, yeah. right? Anyways, guys, if you have anything you want to... Oh, damn, look at that. We got about like seven or eight uh, listeners on the live over here. But if you have anything to add to the fentanyl or opioid crisis, guys, hit us up on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for X... We're at Art Jacob Do A1 because goddamn son, that's just how a steak is. Are we done. on a what's the other one? Threads. 
Probably, because I think if you have an Instagram, like you automatically have a Threads as they well. They make so. you a Threads right away. Yeah, so whatever gets posted to our fucking Instagram goes on Threads and whatnot. But uh, mm. uh, if you have any problems, I guess it's 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 good to say too. Seek out Narcam. Uh, anybody that you know in your family addicted to opioids, and I guess there's the 800 number as well. One eight hundred six six two four three five seven. Get your ass some help or whatnot, right? Um, but if you get good, clean, and sober, and you don't spend your money on fucking opioids, guys, you want to help us spread the good word, guys. Help highly recommend heading on over to the Patreon, where every single week we put together a bonus episode for your listening pleasure. And nine times out of ten, those bonus episodes that you hear on the Patreon are better than the actual episode that you're hearing for free. So I think this week the Patreon was kind of on par uh, with the actual episode where we discuss, like I said our favorite burger spots here in town. <laughs> we also cover fucking, you know, the play-in tournament with the NBA, as well as the ongoing crisis with the war between Israel and Palestine as well. Uh, our so, weekly update of Israel-Palestine. Yeah, we're, we're in the trenches. Art just got back from the Gaza Strip and shit. So, yeah. But. Yeah, it, 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 that's a really interesting conversation because it's like, it's evolved, like, from episode one, to like episode three of like update of like how things are going i'm just like more and more disgusted by society it's just like yeah usual. but so don't like, listen to it if you're like a hardcore muslim or, <laughs> or hardcore jewish person or anything. i don't want to offend anyone yeah, just christians yeah, just a good clean christians yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways guys if you want to help support us in any other way guys go to artandjacobdoamerica.com follow the merch links where we currently have four designs up for your purchasing pleasure and it's not so much to help us monetarily as we probably see a couple cents from every purchase made over there uh, but it goes a long way in helping uh, promote this podcast so if you're out in the main streets of wherever the fuck you're at and whatnot trying to clean up these streets trying to get these these uh these uh, addicts you know some narcan or you know maybe you know hooking them up with something else like like some thc or whatnot or cbd or whatever to help cure what else right green tea yeah yeah good old-fashioned green tea some ginkgo coloba or whatever <laughs> <laughs> some fucking ginger root uh, wear our dig of do America t-shirt uh, maybe this podcast will save their lives I say it as a joke but maybe they'll listen to this episode and turn their life around Ow. but anyways guys if you want to hear other great podcasts we are official members of the Podbelly Network so check out other great podcasts such as the World Famous Sofa King Podcast the World's Hillbilly Horror Stories and Robots for but with that said Art I am completely done with this topic and I'm ready to do something easier and less fucking <laughs> heavy next week. So with that said, goodbye and good night.